0: Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of Fizzy Kids, the podcast. I am your host, Ali Fanshaw, and this is the show where we talk about relearning the way we talk to and interact with our fabulous but fizzy kids. So how are you guys doing today? We're okay here at Fizzy Kids HQ, I think. Uh, We've had a few wobbles in the past week and a birthday to deal with, which can always lead to some big feelings and fizzy behaviours from the kids. It seems that high days and holidays are particularly hard to deal with, and that can actually make life that extra bit tough, because it feels like those are the days that are meant to be joyful, but somehow fizzy kids can find them so overwhelming that the joy can go missing. And I would say it's taken me quite a long time to realise this, and I actually find it quite hard to talk about without getting emotional, because... There's always this sense that children are meant to bring joy to the world and a family. But if I'm honest, my kids don't always display much joy, or certainly not very often. And there are really, really good reasons for that. I'm certainly not blaming them. But joy can sometimes feel like it is missing from families whose kids have got emotional and additional needs. So that is me being very, very honest. And I'm certainly not saying it's like that every day, but those big days, those birthdays, Christmases, Easter, they can all be pretty tough. It's all the H's, high days, holidays, and hyperactivity. And guess what? That is what we're going to be talking about today. I want to talk a little bit about how we are learning to deal with hyperactivity in our fizzy kids and family, and how language can be really effective at helping a hyperactive fizzy kid. So let's start by talking about what hyperactivity actually is in our fizzy kids. So your child may have a diagnosis that is directly related to them being hyperactive. So I'm talking about ADHD or sensory processing disorder where they may become overwhelmed and as a result hyperactive. Or sometimes in cases of autistic spectrum disorder, hyperactivity can be fairly common. And we can talk about those diagnoses and the realities of the hyperactivity that are linked to them in a bit more detail in a minute. But I think what's important to note here is that you may just have a kid who displays hyperactivity, not as a direct result of any diagnosis, but because hyperactivity can be a coping mechanism or a state of being that your child finds themselves in as a result of a big feeling that they're struggling to deal with. So I'm talking about maybe anxiety or anger. Okay, so hyperactivity can be a formal and direct and linked part of a diagnosis, but it can also be a coping mechanism, a state of being that your child puts themselves into subconsciously or unconsciously in order to help them deal with a big feeling that they've got going on at that time. And in these cases, what we need to start to be able to do as parents and carers and teachers is to see this hyperactivity as our children being in survival mode. So I'm not just talking about kids who get giddy sometimes and run around and go a bit crazy in the playground or at home. From 80% of children who get like that, they can come down from that state fairly quickly. Hyperactivity means that you stay in that state for a prolonged period of time. And that sometimes your body almost tricks your brain into thinking it needs to be hyperactive in order to survive. So we can almost see hyperactivity for our fizzy kids as a state of stress. Okay. Their survival mode has kicked in and their amygdala or the fizzy bit, as we call it, uh, at fizzy kids has switched on. Okay. So they're in their primary non-thinking brain and they are not in their secondary thinking brain. And that's really important. Because remember, what we're doing here by changing the way we talk to and interact with our kids and learning this new parenting language is that we wanna help co-regulate with our kids to prevent them going into survival mode in the first place or to help bring them out of survival mode as quickly as possible. And that's what we're going to be aiming to do with some of the phrases and, and techniques that we're talking about here today. Now, if you're one of the parents whose kids has a diagnosis that directly links to periods of hyperactivity, that's a little bit different, simply because the explanation may be more obvious and clearer. But it doesn't mean that the language and approach you use with them needs to be any different. Because stress and anxiety and overwhelm sit at the heart of many of the behaviours that are linked to ADHD or sensory processing disorder or ASD. So when our kids are in a hyperactive mode, as we said before, they are essentially highly stressed out and they need help to re-regulate their bodies and their brains. And bodies, that kind of physical sense that you get from hyperactivity, That's really, really key here when we're talking about that hyperactive state. It's really about helping the body to find itself again, to ground itself again. So I've got one fizzy kid in each category. Fizzy kid one, as you probably know, is autistic and dyspraxic and has sensory processing disorder. So his hyperactivity nearly always stems from sensory or emotional overwhelm. And it can present in ways such as running everywhere, flapping his arms. Uh, He finds it really hard to sit still at a table at school or at dinner time. He can make high-pitched noises. Um, Actually, in, in his most hyperactive states and the hardest ones to deal with are when he gets into a point where he's hysterically laughing and kind of rolling around on the bed or the floor. So we now know that that hyperactive state means that he's really, really not in control of his body or his brain at that point. So we found over the years lots of different ways that we can help him with this. And I just want to share a few with you now. We found the best way to deal with hyperactivity is to try and be a bit proactive about things. So we firstly give him plenty of opportunities though during the day at school He has lots of movement breaks, but also at home to run around and let off steam. Okay, so he has his dinner and then regardless of whether it's dark or light, we just put the outside lights on, he runs around in the garden for about half an hour after dinner by himself each day. He has his iPod on, our garden's secure, uh, so I don't mind him doing it, especially now he's a bit older, and that really helps to get all of that pent up overwhelm or energy out and it's free time, it's unstructured and it just gives him that opportunity to let it all out. We also try and make sure he does some structured physical exercise each day. So that might be swimming, walking the dog or playing games at scouts or cubs that he goes to. So just something every day that gives him that structure. We also try and make sure he doesn't have too much screen time or sugar, or go to too many overstimulating activities. So we don't tend to go to places like trampoline parks or water parks or fun parks. Uh, He loves them. He. Absolutely loves them. But that's because they feed his need or his perceived need for hyperactivity and overwhelm. So that's what he's seeking. He's showing very kind of seeking behaviors that he wants that. But actually in getting himself into that state, he finds it very hard to get out of it. So we really limit kind of the, the stimulation that he has outside of the school environment, because to be quite honest, even school itself can put him in a hyperactive, overstimulated state. And then when he's in those hyperactive modes, What we have found helps for him is very calming, regulating sensory activities. So we do things like giving him big bear hugs in rugs to kind of really help ground him and remind him where his body is. We always check with him before we do that because it can be quite um, kind of in your face otherwise. Uh, We play therapeutic music. There's a great app called Therapeutic Music. It's literally that's what it's called. And there's some great regulating music on there that really kind of tunes into the brain's need for calm and regulation. We might watch some gentle TV because that's actually a really good way for him to just bring him back down. Uh, Chewy snacks are brilliant, so dried mango, pepperami, biltong, chewy toast, apple, carrot, things like that, things that work his jaw and actually help his whole body to get back into a more regulated state. And importantly, I guess, during those really hyped up states, we don't talk too much. We just try and provide nurturing words. I'm here for you. I'm going to try and help you. I can see you're finding it hard right now. Mommy's here. So very kind of simple words that really just provide him with the knowledge that you're there and that you're going to support him. Okay, so Physica 2 as you may know, is not diagnosed with any learning difficulties, but he is diagnosed with reactive attachment disorder from his developmental trauma. So he does get hyperactive and it tends to stem entirely from chronic anxiety in certain situations. So, for example, if he's done something wrong at school and he thinks he's going to get told off, he will go running around the playground like an absolute maniac and sometimes won't come back. Now, that's getting less and less as he's getting older and more mature and able to manage his emotions better. Um, but it can also happen when he's in a new place because he can become highly hypervigilant or suspicious of new people. Even at home, sometimes he can get into a hyperactive state during, say, a tickling session or a fun game with his older brother. So this can lead to him jumping up on things, hiding under things and really just running around the house completely out of control. So slightly differently to his brother, we found the best way to deal with these moments are in the following ways. For him, structured exercise during the day that really works his muscles like football or cycling or swimming or boot camp is really, really important to help keep his body regulated. And uh, we also help to preempt stressful moments uh, because we talked about hyperactivity during stressful moments by preparing him for, with visual timetables, with photos, we talk through new activities. We try and stay very close to him when he is in a dysregulated or hyperactive state. And again, we try and use very therapeutic, simple sentences and phrases which will help him feel nurtured and more regulated during those moments. On a good day, during his hyperactive moments, we can redirect that unstructured hyperactivity to a more positive and structured use of that energy. So we might start a game of catch, or we might do some sensory activities involving a lycra tunnel or something like that. And I think the most important thing that we've learned over the years is not to get angry with him for being hyperactive, to really see that hyperactivity in him as survival mode, that he has gone into a state where he's not in his thinking brain. And we really just have to help him start to notice that and become aware of that, but in a non-shameful way. So I might say something like, wow, you've got so much energy today and I can't keep up with you. So really just helping to kind of link it, but then also link it to some emotions that might be going on underneath. Oh, my goodness. Look at you. You're running around all over the place. Wow. You're so fast. It's like you don't want to be caught. Gosh, you must be really scared to be running like that. So just trying to kind of name some emotions for them and help them to realise that these behaviours that they're displaying are linked to an emotion and a feeling inside them. And being manic and creating chaos are often ways for fizzy kids to show those inner fears and emotions, but it might also just be a way of letting out built up tensions. So I guess whatever the reason is behind it, we found the best thing to do for our fizzy kids sometimes is to match their energy levels, which is not always that easy at seven o'clock when you're exhausted and trying to get them to bed. But actually, if you aim to match their energy levels initially and kind of join them in their hyperactivity, it can help them feel more connected to you. And once they feel that connection to you, it's so much easier to bring them back to more regulated levels. It's really easy to tell kids off for being hyperactive and crazy. I guess to us regulated and sensible adults who spend most of our time in our secondary thinking brain, it can look like bad behaviour. It can look like they're not listening to you. It can look like they're being unruly and out of control. But the more we can help them during these periods of hyperactivity, the more we can help them learn to regulate themselves as they grow up. Okay, so here are some phrases we use during hyperactive moments. Some are my own and some, as I have said before, are from the fabulous Dr. Amber Elliott, who wrote the book, Why Can't My Child Behave? Wow, you're so full of beans. I wonder if you're getting ready to protect yourself. Oh, my word, you have got so much energy and I can't keep up. And I end up getting frustrated with you, don't I? I'm sorry. Oh, it's so hard to concentrate on one thing at a time. You've never had much practice of anyone sitting and enjoying your play with. No wonder it's hard to stay with one thing. I notice it's really hard for you to sit still today. You're so excited about everything. Wow, look at you running around and jumping. It looks like you've got energy to use. Let's try marching like soldiers or doing some star jumps. Or how about we push really hard against the wall? I can see that being really active is making you feel good. That's great. I'll let you do what you want for another two minutes and then we'll agree a different activities and do it together. Gosh, you're looking really busy right now. I wonder if your heart's pumping really hard. Your face is looking quite flushed and you you can't stop moving. I put my behaviour detective hat on and I wonder if you're feeling worried about something. You seem to sometimes get a bit fizzy like this when you are. You must be feeling really scared right now to be so hyperactive. It's okay to feel scared, and it's normal for your body to be trying to make you feel better by being energetic. I wonder what it is that's making you feel like this. Okay, so a couple of phrases there. Obviously, you can change them, alter them to however you think your child might respond best. But really, the aim is to help them notice, to help them link the behaviour to a feeling and to really just help them to start to become aware of those behaviours and when they're displaying them. So as well as those, we have talked about a few practical tools that can help your kids with their hyperactivity. So a couple more here that you might find useful. I've called the first one hyper to heavy because I've got this friend who's an amazing occupational therapist and she is always talking to me about the power of heavy muscle work. It's really about getting your kid to use their muscles, which helps them to ground their body in a more stable and regulated state. So obviously it needs to be age and strength appropriate. But you could ask them, for example, to bring the washing basket upstairs for you or move a piece of heavy furniture or to push your hands against their hands. Or to have a bit of a tug of war with something like a sheet or whatever you might have in your laundry cupboard. The great thing about this is it just helps to bring them back to a center point within their body to really ground down that energy and to help them feel more planted again. We also try to verbalise the physical movement and the physical symptoms during this time. So you'll notice that kind of one of the phrases that we used was around how their heart rate might be higher and their face feels flushed and their bodies feel hot. And that's really key. We talked at the start about the importance of recognising the physical state So if you can help your child to start to notice that when they've got these physical symptoms, that it is linked to this behavior, to these emotions, then that's really key. And then over time, what they'll be able to learn to do is to notice those for themselves and to help use some of the strategies that you've worked on with them to put them into place themselves too. And just a thought here about trying to get to the root cause of the hyperactivity. So maybe you've noticed that it happens at certain times of the day. Maybe it happens during certain situations or it happens in certain places. So it might just be worth keeping a diary for a couple of weeks and to note down when your kid starts being hyperactive and what's going on at the time. So My kids used to become really hyper around about 7.30 in the morning, just before the taxi arrived for my eldest son's school journey. And I hadn't noticed this happening. I don't know how I missed it. but, But once I started making a note of it, I realized that there was a frequent issue around this time. And once we sat down, we worked out that actually they were both highly anxious about a new taxi driver who was taking my son to school. And they were quite simply, my youngest was worried that his brother would never come back. And my eldest was just playing into my youngest kind of hyperactive state at that time. So once we'd figured that out, we just made a few tweaks to the morning routine. And all of a sudden, the hyperactivity, I'm, I'm not joking, just disappeared overnight. So it, it's really worthwhile spending time getting to the root cause, if you can, of what is driving that hyperactivity. So hyperactivity can have a really challenging effect on family dynamics, as well as obviously the distress and stress it can cause to the individual individual child who's dealing with it. Because hyperactivity can end a day, I mean literally upend a day actually, or an event, and I have found that it can leave me feeling absolutely exhausted. Um, You might not ever see completely the back of it, especially if it's not linked to a diagnosis as opposed to an emotional state. But I guess what we've noticed over time is that when we deal with it as adults in a more structured and regulated way, we're helping our kids to learn to deal with those underlying feelings or diagnoses that lead to the hyperactivity in a more positive way. And I guess I think that can only be a good thing for the ongoing development of them as little people. I do hope you have enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can find loads more ideas and a friendly, non-judgy-judgy community of parents and carers of Fizzy Kids on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is at the Fizzy Kids. Sign up for our newsletter and access our in-depth training courses on our website, www.fizzykids.co.uk. And we'll be back soon with more parenting language ideas for you to transform your family dynamics as we all keep relearning to be the parents our fizzy kids need us to be one very messy day at a time. Until then, keep defizzing that fizz.